Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. We are on with our first interview with someone who is actually part of the Innovate program, how that is filling one of those roles, and I was surprised by this story, and I think you will be too, on just how this came to be and what we hope to see it become. Uh, Go back to our interview with Dr. Christy Eason, who leads the Innovate program, and just all the work they're doing at KSI, it's truly remarkable and really pushing the profession forward, which is awesome uh, and something that we strive to continue to help uh, promote and do some version of our own. So uh, Jessica gets into the details of how she is managing her time with this, the impact it's had, some of the resources that they've come across, and really it's just fascinating and really inspiring story. So we hope that you enjoy that. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. I've started seeing the Revive everywhere uh, with people using it. Super cost-effective, backed by great science. We had our episode with Lawrence White, who has helped pioneer some of the technology and data that went behind that. So check that out if you want to know more about their Revive recovery program. Great stuff. Supporting us and help Mueller supporting us as well with our Throw Lifeline program. We'll have you listen to one quick ad before we get into the episode. episode of athletic training chat we are on with jessica mcmanus who is an athletic trainer um but the reason we are connecting um is she has been part of the innovate uh program through Corey stringer institute uh, which we had dr christy easton on before uh that talked about it and now getting to actually talk uh to one of the athletic trainers that took one of those roles and kind of the first you know boots on the ground if you will it, you know experience of what that's been like being a part of it um and just kind of going from there so before we get too far into anything there i just wanted to turn it over to jessica just to give a little bit of background about herself and maybe we'll just kind of leave it to you if you wouldn't mind like how you you know you got involved with innovate how you were you know got tied into it all and we'll then take it from there Perfect. Sounds great. Thank you for that. Um, It has been so much fun working with the Innovate Project um, through Stewart County um, School System. I met Christy um, back during football season, but it's kind of funny how I ended up there. Um, I worked at a secondary school for several years, and one of the athletes that I worked with, his brother is actually the athletic director at Stewart County. And so once they got the grant, they were trying to find an athletic trainer. I was one of the people that they reached out to. And so that was kind of how I ended up involved with um, with Stewart County and the Innovate Project. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. So, um new program and just to kind of highlight and you can probably fill in more of the details um on it but just to try and summarize from what uh dr eason had shared is you know the innovate program is basically a financial assistance if you will partnering with a school or a school district to start getting an athletic trainer in there where you know the grant is paying for a portion of it so is the 
other entity and then that slowly switches over to where the ent entity is ultimately adopted all of the costs for that athletic trainer over a, a somewhat set period of time, I believe. Um, and so that is a grant application, which it didn't sound like in this instance, you were necessarily part of submitting that, but um, the benefactor of them getting that grant. Um, Definitely. So just for you, because obviously you had a job and the easiest way to find another job is when you have one currently. Uh, I've had that conversation a lot with some grad students recently, but moving over to it, what was some of the, you know, what was the reason that you moved over? And then what has been some of the most kind of rewarding aspects um, of setting up this new role? So for me, my role with the Innovate Project is a little different because I am only part-time at Stewart County. Um, okay. My full-time job is actually um, through occupational industrial athlete training. So that's a lot of fun, but I miss being a part of athletics and giving back and, you know, being on the sideline, there's really no comparison to that feeling and, and working with some of the student athletes. So when um, our athletic director contacted me, it was something I was interested in because I miss athletics. I miss being a part of that. And so that was um, a fun thing for me was to get back into it. And one of the challenges really is Stewart County, even though it's in Georgia, it is very rural. It has 600 or 464 square miles, but there's only a population of about 5,000 people. And the mean average income is about 30,000, which is very low, very, very close to the poverty line. And so these kids really had nobody. Um, they'd never had an athletic trainer. For the county, there are only two ambulances. There's not a hospital in that county. The closest hospital is over an hour away. And so having an athletic trainer meant that there was somebody on the sideline who could take care of injuries, who could intervene if there was a medical emergency. And it really alleviated a lot of stress from the administrators and the coaches because they were always worried, hey, what do we do if somebody gets hurt? So that's been one of the biggest challenges is just overcoming the lack of resources and being able to come in, step in into a role of where they didn't have anybody, they didn't have anything, um, was, was a challenge. It's always hard to, to start out something new, but it's been a lot of fun. The kids, I know my first day I came over to football practice and the coach introduced me. He said, this is Jessica, our new athletic trainer. And the kids just started clapping. They were so happy to have somebody. That's and awesome. I told, I told coach later on, I was like, I was thankful I wore sunglasses today because I got a little teary-eyed um, <laughs> because to just be that, you know, in a position where you're valued that much and they understand what you can do for them really, really was humbling. That's pretty, pretty awesome and cool feeling to have there. Oh, definitely. So that just started this past fall? Yes. Right? They actually had the grant for two years, but because of the rural community, it was hard to find an athletic trainer, which sure. is how I ended up part-time. Um, there's just not a lot of resources and not not a populated area that a lot of people want to move to or take an athletic training job in. It's just one of those communities that doesn't have much. How have you, I guess, with the challenges you specifically said, and just in terms of the resources, I know it's only been seven, eight months, you know, that you've been doing it, but have you found ways to work around it, how to figure out how to better that since you've been there? Obviously, you just being there is a huge asset, as um, you mentioned by people clapping for you on day one. Oh, yeah. 
Um, but if, what else have you potentially come up with? So, Sorry to interject real quick, but in talking about this, Jessica mentioned the wrong foundation. I want to give a proper shout out to the Heartbeat Foundation for helping them get an extra AED to have and complement all the work she was doing. So we just wanted to get that in there. Now back to the show. They were okay. able to send us an extra AED. And so we've also been able to get a lot of supplies. Um, the Miami Dolphins sent us a lot and that really helped. We didn't have a splint kit or crutches or a lot of emergency medicine. So when the Dolphins sent us like, we got like eight boxes one day of just giant supplies and so that really helped us a lot just having you know on-site supplies because the ambulance can take over an hour to two hours just to get to your facility depending on if they're at a call um there are actually two volunteer fire departments that are in lumpkin but they're also volunteer fire departments so you don't have that resource either sure well you kind of alluded to it a little bit in terms of the role that uh pfats or the professional football athletic training association um has played um in this that was something that was suggested we talk about was that a connection that got made you know obviously through corey stringer or how did that all come to be in terms of just their help um in making this program a success so a lot of the funding comes from like professional football alumni and then the concussion grant um, lawsuit that Corey Stringer was able to get funding through. Um, but Christy set me up with the athletic trainers from the Dolphins and the Jets. So anytime we need supplies or if we have questions or if we need resources, whether it be educational resources, just general questions, they're able to re we're able to reach out to them and um, get some feedback and assistance. That's awesome. I'm assuming that's something you've started to if not further i've taken advantage of not necessarily taking advantage of I in think a good way i didn't mean it i didn't mean <laughs> it like that you were trying to bleed them dry over there one of the funny things is we got three sets of crutches and coaches like what are these so we open up the crutches and i had to consider like they're used to working with professional football players who are very large not high school athletes and i think the shortest that the crutches go are like five eight that's so that was a, a little bit of a challenge. I said, I think only about 10 athletes can, can reach these, but it was very interesting to see just the dynamic of the size of the athletes that they're used to versus what I work with. Sending you quadruple XL ankle braces and thigh sleeves and stuff. I think so. They sent us a portable treatment table and I think it holds 500 pounds. Nice. Um, oh yeah. Pile a couple athletes on there. <laughs> yeah, and it comes in handy during football season. So. I believe it. Um, for the part time of it, just to get kind of more into the details and more just for people to hear it, was the goal always to go full time when they got the grant, or and it just kind of came back this way? And then, kind of on top of that, you know, you mentioned you are part time here with a full time job. How the heck do you balance all of that? And what do your you know responsibilities look like? So the goal was to find a full-time athletic trainer, um, yeah. but it just didn't work out. And so I love my industrial occupational job. So I wasn't ready to make a full commitment to go back straight to the secondary school setting. Okay. So, you know, if they could find someone full-time, I would be happy to, you know, help guide somebody and turn over the, the program to someone full-time because that would be better for, of course, the athletes in the school. Um, 
But as a part-time athletic trainer, of course, we try to cover most of the games. Um, and then I try to go over one or two afternoons a week just to see um, athletes during practice. Um, thankfully, we haven't had very many injuries this year. And our football season, we played eight-man football instead of the regular 11-man football. So sure. it wasn't as much contact. The kids didn't hit as much throughout the week. So that was really a benefit when it comes to being there if some if someone got hurt. Um, balancing time gets a little crazy. So I work with power delivery groups who start work at six o'clock in the morning. So my day starts pretty early at, at 6 a.m. And then so my afternoons are usually free to, to kind gotcha. of do what I want to do. So that's how I balance it out a little bit. Well, that at least helps instead of having to be there. All the different times. Um, just kind of sorry for drilling into the details of this, but in terms of resources, you know, what were maybe some of the things that you were top of priority? You mentioned the AED that you were able to get, um, the importance of having that, especially in your, you know, rural location and not having um, access to all those. Any other things, you know, I mentioned the swim bag that you were like top of mind like having the braces and tape and all that is always good but like those top things what else did you go in and were like this is what we need starting from scratch right away um i think one of the things they sent us that i enjoyed the most was ankle boots um walking boots because some of our kids it takes a long time for them to get into the doctor you know they're from low-income families a lot of them are on uh, medicaid and they medicaid doesn't that exactly pay for durable medical equipment so having those readily available that we could use with our athletes for ankle injuries because that's really one of the most common things we see was a super super helpful um just because it's hard to get the kids in like i said in, in stewart county there's one urgent care and one doctor's office So the kids have to travel over an hour to see a doctor or especially an orthopedic or specialist. And so it's hard to get those appointments in. Parents have to take time off from work. The kids miss school. So just having those supplies um, readily available is very helpful. They also sent us some rehab equipment, um, some stretch therabands, some slant boards, and just having some resources available, foam rollers to teach the kids how to kind of take care of their own sorenesses has been a big help too. How did you go about getting buy-in? You, you almost set it up to make this question a gimme just because they, again, they clap for you on day one of football practice. So it seems like that would, buy-in might've come pretty easy, but did you run into anything there? Because from going from never having it to some people maybe not even knowing what an athletic trainer is slash does, how did you go about doing that? Did you have to work to win people over? Or was it pretty much off and running from the start? It was pretty much off and running from the start. I think our biggest challenge with that was there was an athlete who had sustained a concussion during a a basketball game, and she ended up sending her to the emergency room for evaluation. And so the doctor wrote on there, you know, five days, no sport, and then return to play. Well, we need something more in writing. And so with Georgia High School Athletics, they, their concussion protocol requires clearance before full participation in athletics. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a big educational moment with having a conversation with the coach and saying, hey, I know it says five days, no you know, sport activity, but this is how we really need to handle it. We need to 
monitor symptoms every day and we need to start a return to play protocol once she's symptom free. And so that was one of the, the hardest challenges, I think, was just in that moment, they didn't know a lot about concussions. They were just going off of what the doctor had written on a paper for right. someone who never met the athlete, didn't know the athlete. And so, you know, the parent was kind of frustrated. The athlete was frustrated. Coaches were frustrated. But that was one of the the moments where I was like, this is why I'm here. This is my field of expertise. And so um, there was buy-in immediately, but there were instances, you know, like the concussion that people, I had to remind people what I do, how we can best care for the athlete. And that yep. we're a team. We work together. Awesome. How would you, would you recommend other communities uh, that look into this innovative program from, you know, you're obviously it was a struggle to start, you know, given locale, you know, all the credit to the district for going after it, getting awarded it. And I can only imagine the frustration they dealt with of not being able to do anything with it for two years. I'm um, having got it, but would you recommend other communities go after it? Would you, you know, is this, has it been a good experience and you're, very different, you know, kind of approach to how you've been involved? I would say yes. Anytime that you have the opportunity to get resources that are going to benefit your school, your community, your student athletes, I think go for it. Um, just like I said, Christy was able to set us up and get the extra AED for our football field. Anytime you have an opportunity to get something, go for it. It may be a struggle. It may be hard. You know, you may have to do some extra paperwork, stay up late, but I think anytime you can find funding to give you what you need to take care of your school, your athletes, and really the community is is one of the most important things. So um, a lot of schools, I feel like, have a grant program or someone who's in charge of writing grants. So just look into what you have available. I know our school... Um, the J.J. Watts Foundation also helps pay for um, new jerseys, new uniforms. And so our middle school basketball teams were able to get funding and get new uniforms through the J.J. Watts Foundation. That's awesome. So, yes, it was exciting to see. And so, you know, anytime you have that opportunity, just apply for everything. You, you may not get it. You may find something else that you qualify for, that you're eligible for. But it's all about the athletes. It's about – giving students something to work for, to hope in, to work, you know, maybe to get a college scholarship or to give them just sport for play. And so anytime you can do it for the kids, I think you should do it. I totally agree. And whole side note here, I actually got to work with J.J. Watt when he was in college uh, during his transfer year. And everything good you see about that human being is spot on. He was like that from when he was a college kid. Uh, so uh, please take a look at that if you're listening to it and want to go from there. But yeah, I'd echo as you said is you know ask ask people for help with those grants. If you've never written one before, there you reach out to people on social media. I know there's a lot of athletic trainers that would at least offer to proofread it for you or give you some guidance. There's a ton of things out there on you know writing grants. And this is going to be a semi shameless plug, but we're starting to do that with a nonprofit we run where we just want to help that out. We got a good crew of people that have written grants for research and they've got an eye for it and it's a skill that one of those people is not me but that's okay uh, but yeah just reach out to people because you never know what you're going to pull off and it can make the world a difference even if it seems seemingly small oh yeah and i think you know like for syrup county 
there's not a lot of local businesses. There's not a lot of, of industry or factories, and there's not a lot of people that invest in the school system. Sure. And so, you know, knowing that you also have to be selective with grants because a lot of them, you know, are match grants. You know, you collect this much in donations and then the grant will fund, you know, match it. And so, you know, just being aware of the community that you're in and the resources that you have, you know, using those resources along with what you're eligible for. That's a really good point. What else haven't we covered around, you know, just this getting started with it and the Innovate program that you might want to highlight? Um, I don't know. I think really just understanding your role as an athlete trainer and what you can do to make a difference is is really big. Um, it was it was a challenge to take on a part time job knowing I already had full time responsibilities, but it has been so rewarding to be able to give back. It's been such a break from my normal routine. You know, if there's a job that you want or a life that you want, go for it. Go find it. Um, I feel like there's a job that meets any criteria that you're looking for. Um, it may not be where you think it should be. It may be in the middle of Georgia with no nothing around, but there's always a way to give back. There's always a way to um establish what you want in the career that you want so you know i just encourage everybody to to find something that they love and that they're passionate about and just work for it even even when it's hard you just know that i'm doing this for my athletes and that's that's why i show up every day i feel like you already answered one of our at chat questions but i'm gonna make you answer it again and here in just a little bit sounds good <laughs> anything else before we jump into those at chat questions um no i don't think so Okay. Uh, the first one, and I'll be very curious because address this from both your secondary school and your industrial, if you'd like. Um, where do you see athletic training going in the next five to 10 years? Well, I would really like to see a pickup in the industrial occupational setting, just because these are a lot of blue collar employees who show up to work every day to work. They work hard. Um, they work mostly 10 hour days just to provide for their family to, this is how they earn their living. This isn't just what they do for fun. It's their, their livelihood, it's their income. And when employees get injured, they have to take workers comp, they lose time off from work, you know, and that ultimately affects their ability to provide for their family. And so that looking at occupational and industrial sports medicine from that standpoint really makes it seem like it should be a bigger priority than it is. But really industrial occupational medicine is really new when it comes to athletic trainers being involved. So I'd really like to see that expanded in the next five to 10 years. And there is some more support for that. Can't remember if you're involved with it um, or not. Uh, industrial Athletic Trainer Society, I believe is starting up and kind of on a jump start just to help provide some more resources. So go check that out people if you haven't yet. Oh yeah. That would be a great resource. Um, but I think from a secondary school setting, a lot of schools um, that can't afford an athletic trainer or that can only partially afford an athletic trainer, they're going the teacher athletic trainer route. So, you know, in Alabama, Career Tech has all opened up to where athletic trainers can get a career tech teaching certificate. So a lot of times schools are employing athletic trainers to help teach sports medicine, help first aid type classes. Sure. And then sure. they add a stipend like they would for coaching onto their athletic training responsibilities. So I think that's kind of where most 
secondary schools that can afford it are headed is employing the teacher athletic trainer role so that you kind of have both. Um, but I, I really think that's kind of the future of, of high school athletic training is just having that teacher and athletic trainer dual combination. Yeah, I can see that, especially as you kind of mentioned in maybe areas that don't have as many resources uh, to kind of get a best of both worlds kind of mix on I mean, that. If you could go back and give yourself some advice when you were a younger athletic trainer, what would it be? And if you could set the time period of when that would be. So I would say right after grad school, when I took my first full-time athletic training job, it was in a, a secondary setting. And I think my biggest thing I would tell myself would be, you know, be confident and stand your ground. So a lot of times um, for me as a 5'2 female coaches, you know, sometimes they seem intimidating. They're, you know, they're old college athletes, they're big guys. And sometimes they, they talk a little rough around the edges. So just, you have to remember that you're an advocate for your athletes, that you have to stand your ground and you have to be confident in the, and stick with the decisions that you make for your athletes. And that was one of the hardest things I think for me to learn was I am a healthcare professional. This is my field of expertise and I'm going to tell you what's best for the athlete. Um, we can work together, but we need to work together. I can't be that demanding tyrant type coaching atmosphere. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest struggles that I face. And if I could go back and tell myself again, it would be just be confident. You know, you know this, you got the degree, you have the experience, you have the knowledge. So just work it and, and be confident in yourself. I like it. I think a lot of people would probably go back and give themselves that advice, uh, me being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. What has been the most influential resource that you've come across in your career? So I think everybody should find a mentor, um, not just a friend, not just somebody that you graduated school with, but like a true mentor, somebody who maybe has more experience or maybe it has a different perspective than you. So when I interned at LaGrange College, their head athletic trainer, um, he worked in professional athletics. He'd been at LaGrange College for, for several years. And I mean, he was there, I think, 25 years. And he had a different perspective. So even when I got to, to grad school and to my full-time job as a secondary school athletic trainer, I could call him and say, hey, how do I handle this situation? How do I handle this coach? How do I approach the situation? Or even, hey, I've been doing this with an athlete, and I'm not sure if I need to refer them. Um, what, what's your opinion? What's your thoughts on that? And so I think just finding a mentor, someone who can talk to you, who maybe has more experience or sees things from a different perspective. Um, I think that's your, your best resource because um, athletic training is still a relatively new profession. There's not necessarily a union or a representation that we have to kind of follow some guidelines. So having a resource and a person that you trust that can be a confidant is is really helpful. If I think I know who you're talking about from there, I, I would agree. Uh, uh, very good at all those things. Oh, yeah. This question is really relevant. I'm very curious how you answer this. As an AT in your role, basically having one and a half jobs, how do you take care of yourself? Um, well, I like to say I have dog therapy. So my dog, she's, she's very nice. helpful. She's very energetic. Um, she's kind of calming, soothing sometimes when she's not chewing up my shoes. 
but um, I think self-care. So I really love to bake. Um, and the kids in my in my job, they always get baked goods, cookies, banana bread, whatever it may be, because I always bake to relax. Um, but I think establishing self-care in a workout routine is really important. I love CrossFit. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't fit in my schedule right now, but hopefully it will soon. But just taking the time you need, whether it's um, to get a massage or to get a facial or to go for a run, spend time with your family, friends, go lay on the beach for a day. Um, just find whatever it is, self-care that, that helps you relax. I bake. I don't like to eat sweets, so I take them and make other people eat them. There you so go. That's, that's my number one relaxer. I like it. As, and as a, the kids do, I'm sure. <laughs> Definitely. If you could change or eliminate one thing, could be modality, common practice, mindset, or anything of your choosing in the field of athletic training, what would it be? So I think as athlete trainers, when we're in school, we're taught you have to love the job. You have to be at everything. You have to be super involved. Everything's your responsibility. And especially from a secondary setting, um, everything is your responsibility. Every practice, every game, if you're the only athlete trainer at the high school. So I think, you know, if we could find a better work-life balance for athlete trainers, there are so many athlete trainers who neglect their health or don't take time off to go to the doctor or don't take time off for self-care. Um, and that really puts you at a detriment. It leads to burnout. You don't stay in the profession as long. So finding a way to give people a better work-life balance um, and not looking down on the athlete trainer who takes a mental health day or, you know, takes time off to take care of yourself. I think that's one of the biggest things is, you know, just support each other. Hey, you need time off. Um, Cause I, I think as athlete trainers, we feel obligated to be at every practice, to be at every game um, because we're afraid of what would happen to my athletes if I'm not there. And yeah. so you run into that, but if you train your coaches with the Mercy action plan, they know where the AEDs are, you know, one practice for you to go to the doctor is, is it going to make that much of a difference? I mean, it might, but you have to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people effectively. Absolutely. And then to the question that you kind of sort of already answered, but we'll, we'll ask it again anyway. Uh, what does being an athletic trainer mean to you? So it's National Athletic Training Month. It's March. And our, our job asks us this is from an occupational standpoint um, the other day. And so I talked about know being able to help people reach their full movement potential and to stay at work to stay healthy but saying all of that sounds great but really I love it I love being with people I love talking to people I love helping working with people um I really love teaching people self-care self-practice um one of my big focuses is how does stress and mental health affect the body and muscular performance and so we don't realize how much stress and tension or what leads to headaches and illnesses comes from how we view the world. And so, you know, being an athlete trainer means I get to go to work every day and see athletes or I get to see my my power delivery folks and help them be the best version of themselves, whether it's stretching or encouraging them to stretch more or taking care of an injury or just listening to I didn't get any sleep last night because my baby cried all night. Um, you know, just being an ally for everybody in, in their walk of life. I like it. Well said. Uh, with that, if people wanted to connect with you, uh, find where you post anything or share stuff, what would be the best way 
Um, maybe sounds like there could be some dog pictures potentially involved uh, from, <laughs> from what you said. Uh, where would be the best place for them to do that? Um, I have Instagram and TikTok. It's at trainer underscore Jess. Um, I don't always post a lot, but if you need a, you know need something, have a question about the Innovate Project, or if you're interested in helping um, or applying for one, I can get you in contact with our grant person who helped write ours. Um, I didn't write it, so I, but I know who, who did. So if you need sure. anything, just reach out to me. Um, it's at trainer underscore Jess. Awesome. Well, appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate you being a part of the Innovate program um, in its own unique way, which I think is awesome. Uh, and yeah, I look forward to potentially, and you'll have to, we'll have to stay in touch of just like what happens with it. You know, are you able to find that other athletic trainer or uh, what does that ultimately look like in the long run? It would be great to find a, a full-time athletic trainer for, this, for the kids. Um, so that would be great. So anybody that wants to move to Georgia, holler at me. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here. So if you're oh, looking yeah. for Georgia, we, we can get you connected with the right people. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Athletic Training Chat with Jessica McManus, who is part of the Innovate program and doing it as a part-time on top of her full-time, but providing a huge benefit to the patients that she is serving. If you do have interest, we'll happily connect you to find that job and really make an impact. We want to thank uh, Dr. Christy Easton for setting this up and connecting us. We truly appreciate that. Um, and everything that Corey Stringer Institute is doing to make the Innovate program happen amongst all the other things. Thank you again to Mueller Sports Medicine. They're teaming up with us with the Throw a Lifeline program. Every listen gets us a little more ad revenue, so thank you for doing that, which then we will put directly to funding basic medical supplies for athletic trainers that run into budgeting issues for whatever reason, uh, head over to clinicallypress.org to apply or nominate or contribute or any of the above to help us get those out. And with that, we'll catch you next episode.